Hey, so I noticed you have some free time, and I have some free time, so why don't we spend it together? And this week, I would like to talk about socks. <laughs> it's very random, I know, I know, but for those who have listened, know that I have very random topics at times, and it's just kind of something you got to get used to if you're going to be listening to, listening to moi. Speaking of which, before I start today, I looked at my stats because I was just curious. Like, I don't check them every day, but <laughs> for the first time last week, like, about, what day did I look at it? I looked at it on uh, Saturday, I think. Yeah, because I don't check them that often. And so... Apparently, somebody went in and was like, hey, I'm just going to listen to literally every single episode. So, whoever you are, welcome. This is free time. And I hope I did not scare you off, which obviously I didn't because you somehow wanted to stay and watch, well, listen to 15 hours of me talking. <laughs> which, thank you. I am very um, flattered. But anywho, today, like I said, we were going to talk about socks. And there is a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, I find it very funny. Because I told my mother about um, this podcast. And no, she wasn't the one because I called her and asked her already. I, call, I, I called her up and I told her about all the random things that I talk about on my podcast and she's like what is your podcast I don't understand it I don't understand why people don't listen to that and I'm like yeah most people don't that's why but anyhow we're actually gonna get to the topic which is socks and <sighs> a lot of people have socks and sadly some people do not have socks and that's because they're in third world countries, which is depressing because, you know, they're not as blessed, they're not blessed, they're not as fortunate as other people are in first world countries and all that good stuff. So they just run around without any shoes or socks or anything. And that's not their fault, obvious. Well, it's not their fault. It's, yeah, oh, yeah. But, um, so they, they basically just, so they don't have socks. That's my point I'm trying to make. They don't have socks. So it's very depressing. Um, and, and the people in first world countries take socks for granted sometimes. Because we have the sock monster <laughs> where they come and take your socks. Or sock goblins, which the oh-so-famous Dan is on fire uh, claimed the, uh, or not claimed, came up with the name Sock Goblins, where they come into a portal, or they come from a portal into the, you know, regular world just for the sole purpose of stealing people's socks. So, there's multiple different ways that my family has tried to combat these Sock Goblins, and... My mom always had this one way of doing her socks, which she would grab a pin, like one of those pins you'd use on a really old baby um, diaper. They used to have those pins on every baby diaper and then that was unsafe because, you know, metal, really sharp metal. Um, but so she used to use those pins to put both of her socks together and she'd throw it in the wash and then bada bing bada boom they'd stay together because they're pinned together and you can't just unpin that unless there are literal sock goblins. <laughs> unless the story is true that sock goblins come in just to purely steal them. But they don't steal hers. And I remember in a certain period in my life I was like, you know what, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start pinning my socks because I don't want to keep losing them. I don't want to keep rebuying them because I just 
feel bad having to buy so many more when I could literally just be using the same ones till they're, you know, old and I don't need to use them anymore. But anyway, I tried doing that for about three loads of laundry and then I just eventually gave up and developed a different way of trying to keep your socks together. This is way less efficient than the former um, strategy, but it still kind of works. <laughs> I don't know how successful logistically it is because it's not 100%, definitely not 100% of the time. Um, it's basically where you put, you grab two of your socks and then you turn them in. You turn one inside out over the top of the sock of the other one so that the top of the sock from, so that both of the tops of the socks will be together and they're like flipped over one another so that you don't lose them. But I'd say that works about 50% of the time. So it's like a 50-50 chance of whether or not your socks will stay together and or not. <laughs> Depends on your luck. Most of the time it's not as lucky, or at least it hasn't been for me. But it's better than absolutely doing nothing. Sometimes they'll come in, they'll come out of the wash and they'll be exactly like still together and It'll be as if you just magically kept them together, but in reality, it was just kind of a little bit of luck. Also, if you dry your clothing on light, like you lightly dry them, you don't have a heavy load of laundry. I'd say it works better on lighter loads because it doesn't have as much as a chance to be separated, but... <laughs> Anyway, um, what was it? oh, there's another thing where I don't know if it was just my parents or if it were uh, if it was other people's parents, but my mom would always get angry at me whenever I would not wear the same pair of socks. <laughs> well, she wouldn't get angry, angry. She would be a little like ticked off at it. She'd be like, "Well, why don't you ever try and at least have the same pair of socks on at once?" And I'm like much effort to do that. Uh, of course, if I was going to an event that required being, you know, good looking, it was, if it was formal wear, then of course I would wear the same colored socks or I'd wear stockings or something. Um, I obviously wouldn't go with two different socks that are Pikachu and, I don't know, Charmander. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I'm not that level of stupidity. I respect people and <laughs> and their, you know, cultural stuff. So, you know, I'm not, obviously not going to be that big of an idiot. <laughs> but, um, anyway. Whew, where was I going? <laughs> um, okay, so, oh yeah, my mom did not like it whenever I was, um, wearing two, two separate pairs of socks. So she would always ask me, she's like, oh, do you need more socks? Do you need more socks? Do you need more socks? I'm like, no, I'm fine. I don't need any more bloody socks. Why would I need so many socks? And she's like, well, you obviously need them since you don't have enough pairs of them to have the same pair of socks on. And then my family always had this joke on Christmas that you would at least get one pair of socks. Like you would always get one pair of of socks for Christmas and sometimes my mom would do it well my mom did it to where we could open our gifts the night before uh, not all of the gifts just one gift you got to open one Christmas gift on Christmas Eve just so you can get excited and be like oh my god yes it's gonna be Christmas um, but a few years it was socks <laughs> just because she was like let's get the boring present out of the way and then well, we were supposed to be getting hyped up for Christmas, we just kind of were like, oh, socks, nice. When I was 16, she didn't do the socks. She um, instead decided, you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm gonna give us pajamas. And to be fair, that is not a bad gift whatsoever because I personally love pajamas. I want all the different types of pajamas because I can and they're really nice. I, I love pajamas. They're so fun to wear. And the different types of pajamas, everything, just, mm, it's so much better than just socks. <laughs> Although I am great, I, I've always been grateful for whenever my mother got us socks, but it was just kind of an inside joke when I, in our family where we were like, oh, great, and another pair of socks, okay. And speaking of which, I don't know if I've talked about this Christmas tradition, because I don't think I've had a podcast regarding Christmas yet, uh, but I do celebrate Christmas. And my family always did the find the pickle on the Christmas tree. Um, I don't, I believe I haven't talked about this. I think I, I haven't, yeah. Um, but the Christmas pickle is when, how do I put this? It's when, well, there's a Christmas pickle. It's like an ornament that you put on the tree. And... When you wake up in the morning on Christmas Day, you go down and you try and find the Christmas pickle on the tree. The night before, your parents or parent or guardian, um, they put the Christmas pickle on the tree. And they don't tell you where it is, obviously, because that would ruin the Christmas pickle fun. But the, everyone in the family, all the siblings, we all have to go and search and look for the Christmas pickle. Whoever finds the Christmas pickle first and grabs it is the winner. And they win the right to open the first present on Christmas. And side note, my family, eh, I've always been the youngest. So whenever my <laughs> siblings went up to go get the Christmas pickle, you best believe that the youngest, who was literally seven plus years younger than them, was not going to get the Christmas pickle. Because there's just not really, a, it's not really plausible to get a six-year-old to beat literal 13-year-olds to, hold on, let me think, I gotta do some math. My oldest sibling is like 13 years older than me, so... So, like, 19-year-olds and 13-year-olds and an 18-year-old. You seriously think that I would beat any of them? And to be honest, the 19-year-old the wasn't even in the house. So, it was really just the 18 and the 13. So, <laughs> it's just, it was a lot. And I never got the Christmas pickle. Not one year. Because my family, you don't get pity. <laughs> you don't get a pity win. If you win, you win. That's probably what gives me a very competitive attitude to this day because if I want something, I legitimately want it. It it wasn't given to me, at least, yeah, no, I, I seriously can't think of a single time they actually let me do that. Nah, they would always be like, survival of the fittest boy. It doesn't matter. Well, not a boy, but... Survival of You better go and win. Because we ain't gonna pity you. <laughs> but I, it was always fun. I mean, I didn't like that fact that, you know, it was always survival of fittest. I, I didn't always like that. That that part was not fun. I did not enjoy that. Because it, all games became a competition. And there were literally... No chances to actually, you know, bond like a family. <laughs> and I'm not saying you have to let people win to bond. Like, actually, yeah, I am saying that. I am saying that. You need to let them win at least, like, once or twice or something. Because my mom is currently going through some issues with her immune system. So, um, it affects her everyday activity. And whenever we play games, like... What's a game that we played? Uh, Egyptian Rats Crew. We played that before, and it requires a lot of speed and dexterity in order to get the cards and 
just focus. So it's kind of like you don't just go full ham on your grandma, even though she's not my grandma, she's my mom. She's just kind of going through something right now. Um, but it's like you don't, you got to pity grandma a little bit. Unless grandma's in her, I don't know, 40s or something, like, then you don't really need a pity grandma. Grandma, she's, she can, she can take care of herself. <laughs> um, you can go full ham, but if, if they're not feeling well, then what's the point? You're kind of just beating a, like, you're just fighting against a sick person. That's not right. So give them at least, like, a chance to win. That's not even fun if no one even has a chance. That's not called, um, that's not even a game. That's just more or less fighting with someone that can't do anything. Um, anywho, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a lot off topic. Um, but anyway, yeah, we used to get socks for Christmas, and I've never won the Christmas pickle tradition. Sadly, sadly not. But, um, anyway, there are several different types of socks that I actually enjoy. Um, it's not like, <laughs> that sounded really weird. There are several different types of socks that I enjoy. No, it's not like that. It's, um, I really like those fuzzy socks that are, um, like the cabin wood socks. I think that's what they're called. I don't fully know. But they're really nice and fuzzy on the inside, and then on the outside it feels like a really good cloth. And that would be great! Well, I mean, they are great. I have, like, a few pairs of them. The only time I ever really wear them is whenever it's really cold out, or else my feet will sweat. <laughs> they will sweat immensely. And I can never go to sleep with socks on my feet. That just, ugh, I hate the feeling so much. My mom, she does that. But, um, my dad also does that, I believe. I think he does. He doesn't do it near as much as my mom did, because, well, I mean, she still does it. It's weird. I don't think she ever wears, she wears just those regular, um, off-brand white socks. She's always worn them. I don't, I don't know why. She just does. Uh, probably just because it costs less, but I find those, the other brand really comfy. <laughs> so... If I were to ever sleep with socks on, I would definitely sleep with those on because just, they're so comfortable. <laughs> um, I remember one time I actually ran for USA something. What was it? Hold on. I think I still have the middle. Whatever it was. USATF. Yeah, I ran for that. Um... I, USA, yeah, US, USA track and field, I think that's what it was. I ran for that for, like, one year, but I didn't run the next year because of uh, other stuff that happened over my freshman year, but anyway, I remember I went to Reno for running, and... Reno, Nevada, because I technically qualified for nationals, but, eh, I really, USATF is kind of like, oh, you can pay to be in a club, so where you can run and stuff, and you can run against other people, and I think my fastest time was, like, 21 minutes and something else for a 5k in the female, but obviously there are many people who can run that a lot faster. The only reason I the only reason I qualified for nationals was because USATF is not as competitive as regular high school stuff. It's kind of like a tier below that. But anyway, I went to Reno one year and I was with my dad and for some reason, it didn't click in my mind to bring stuff for snow because there were there was snow there and it was terribly cold because I had lived in a very hot climate beforehand and I just didn't expect for it to be cold because whenever I went outside and ran, 
I was sweating up a storm whenever I get home, even if it was cool in the morning. But, um, <sighs> when I got there, I realized how terrible of a mistake I had made not bringing any gear with me to run in. And my dad was like, we're going to go and buy you something because this would be an absolute atrocity for you to run in. <laughs> um, which, smart idea on my dad's part. Um, anywho, we went to the, I think we went to a Dick's Sporting Good or something. And when we got there, um, he was like, oh, we're going to go get, we're going to go get you some gloves because he felt my hands and they were just frigid. Um, and so we went in there and we were looking for some gloves that I could wear and we couldn't find any that were satisfactory or whatever and then we went and just decided to look at the sock section because we were bored I, I don't really remember maybe it was close to the gloves but we went to that section and I showed him the cabin socks that I got and he was like what these type of socks exist he was just absolutely shocked by the type of socks there were and how soft they were. <laughs> and in, in the back of my head, I was like, oh my god, people really can be surprised by socks. Um, which, I mean, understandably so. I really like the brand myself. And I enjoyed it for whenever I did wear socks. Which was, a, well, <laughs> whenever I wore socks. Whenever it was cold out and I wore socks. Which was a rarity. Um, but he was just absolutely enthralled by these socks and he bought like four of them there on a spot he was just like I need to have these socks in my life and I just kind of I chuckled a little bit it was it was so interesting just to see someone who cared so much about socks and um I remember he was like do they have men's socks I'm like I'm sure they might have some to be honest, it doesn't really matter if they're men or women's socks. They still feel good. I don't, I don't, genuinely, I don't know if they're, wait, no. Yeah, I told him at the time I didn't know, but I'm pretty sure there are men's socks in that brand. <clears throat> oh my god, my throat's starting to hurt again. <laughs> Last week it was absolutely fine, and I was just on a roll, so I guess I didn't notice how much my throat hurt. <laughs> But, I mean, I'm still on kind of a roll. Sorry to say that I wasn't on one, because I was. But, for some reason, my throat's just hurting more than normal. Um, but, anywho, I have a side note. And I, I went to church services before Corona and everything. And my Bible study group does this online Zoom thing. Well, obviously everyone knows about Zoom now because a lot of people have to use Zoom for schooling and for work. So y'all know what Zoom is. <laughs> I hope you do. And if you don't, Zoom is a platform where you can connect with other people and talk to them all at the same time. And technically, I haven't been on the Zoom meetings. It's really because if I'm going to do my religious stuff, I would much rather do it in person because if I'm not doing it in person then what's the point? I'm not saying you shouldn't be religious during this time because be as religious as you please. However, for me it's just kind of like I find a lot more use in going there to have the experience with the people I know and trust. Um, but I could do basically I could do study at my home instead of, you know, doing the group online, which I told the group leaders and they were like, yep, well, leaders, people in charge um, of the Zooms and stuff. Um, but I told them and they were like, yeah, that's fine. Makes total sense. You do as you please. It's a very difficult time and stuff. So, and I also have a puppy, as y'all know, um, but... He's gotten better with being quiet. He hasn't been entirely well. Whenever I went up here to start recording, he did 
hysterically, he started whining and stuff. Uh, however, he's calmed down since then, which is a very good thing. Because he can't keep doing that forever. Um, but it's not like I don't spend a lot of time with him. I probably spend more time with him than I should because he's my little baby. Um, but I also feared that during my Zoom, if I were to do that Zoom stuff, that my dog would get in the way of it and start barking a lot. <laughs> because he can do that at times. If I'm not paying enough attention to him, if I'm not doing X, Y, or Z, he'll get pissed at me and then he'll be like, mm, yeah, how about I scream? <laughs> so, still trying to get him to stop doing that. Um, but that's another reason I didn't want to bless their ear holes with my son screaming. <laughs> um, but anyway, oh, back to, um, what was I saying? What was I saying? Back to socks. So there are other types of socks that I am not fond of. I am not fond whatsoever of those socks where, how do I describe it? Everyone knows these types of socks. They're terrible, they're uncomfortable, they're too big, which I don't understand people who can wear socks that are literally to their knees, knee-high socks. I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't want it. I don't want to try it. It's not fun. Knee-high socks suck, in my opinion, because they are merely a waste of money, time, and effort to put on. <laughs> they just they seem so useless, and it's so aggravating on how useless they are. Because if I wanted a pair of socks that went up to my knees, which obviously I don't, why would they be at that height? If if I so desired that, what what's the purpose of it? I'm one of those people who, if I don't see a reason behind it, don't do it. It doesn't make sense. Why do? You, why would you do it if it doesn't make sense? It's rather stupid. <laughs> My uh, professional, I'm joking, it's not professional. Um, and my rather objective opinion. And they scratch. Or at least the ones I've had, they scratch. And it's so uncomfortable. I don't like it. And any sock that scratches, I don't like those. Those suck. They are the absolute worst types of socks. The ones that scratch at you. The ones that don't hold on to your feet that well. Like, what about that little sock that, um, what is it? Those little, like, slip-on socks. They're the ones you use for flats so that other people don't see that you're wearing a sock, but you also are wearing a sock so that your feet will be comfortable in the flat. Those socks, yeah, I hate those. Of course, there's a little adhesive so that it can stick to your foot rather than just automatically fall off. However, that adhesive doesn't work. And I know some people will be like, oh, you're just buying cheap, cheap socks or whatever. It's like, okay, fair point. They are cheap. However, sock is a sock. It should be working well. I have bought socks that aren't absolutely dirt cheap and they still itch or are still terrible. So I'm not just biased to making bad, um, rec not recommendations, bad, um, opinions, not making, having a bad opinion on socks that are only cheap. I haven't bought super, super expensive. The most expensive I had was those cabin socks, which I didn't ever buy them. My aunt bought them for me. Um, she always gets me those because she's like, oh, I know you love these socks, so I'll keep getting them for you. Um, but I never, I mean, I do more often than not have cheaper socks because why would you just have more expensive socks just because you can? I mean, unless it's for a uniform that you need to have every single day, there's no use in it. So, uh, and speaking of which, I don't really make, I don't really understand people who aren't frugal. People who 
don't want to be cheap. And I'm not saying you need to be cheap on absolutely everything in your life. I'm just saying, would you rather have toilet paper that is literal, regular toilet paper, or have toilet paper that is made out of gold? What's what? What? For those rich people who have money to burn, why would you spend it on toilet paper? You're literally pooping it. I mean, you're literally pooping and it's going down the drain. All that money is wasted. Who would just, what? Because, I, you know those YouTube videos where people are like, oh yeah, there's really rich thing of toilet paper because some rich guy was like, oh yes, 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 I want the most expensive toilet paper. Why? What's the use of it? I don't know. There's literally no use other than being a terrible toilet paper because I seriously doubt gold toilet paper will get your tush as good as some cotton or whatever. Some cotton made toilet paper. I don't even know. Just, other than just regular toilet paper. That would do a hundred times better than gold toilet paper. I mean, to be fair, I have never had gold toilet paper. But I would think it would break off in little pieces each time you try and use it. Like it is literal paper going into water. Like it's already in the water and it's already breaking off into pieces. Rather than the regular toilet paper, which when it does hit the water it does, but not when you're wiping your bum with it. That doesn't make sense to me. And another example, just throwing out your money and literally doing nothing with it is is just hold on I have to calm myself my therapist <laughs> um why would people go out and buy the most expensive expensive jewelry I understand if you buy jewelry and it's so that you can diversify your um, savings or whatever, because people do that to, um, oh, what's the word? <laughs> so that they don't have all their money just in cash or in gold or in um, land. So they they have a large quant a large differentiation of their money. So that they won't just have it all in one spot. Which, to be honest, in my opinion, if you have that much money, you don't need to have that much money. Because you need to start giving some of it away. <laughs> because if you have so much money, you're worrying about all the different places you have it in. I think you have too much. At least, you might be a little greedy. <laughs> I don't know. Depends. Depends. I'm not saying every single one of them are. I'm just saying, yeah, some of y'all probably are, whoever, whomever it may be. Um, but the point is, people use it to spread out their earnings in a more effective way. And that makes sense if you want to hide your money somewhere so that people cannot find it, then, uh, or not hide it but you know put it away so that if the stock market crashed not all your money would be you know destroyed <laughs> um it would be it, it would at least have some you would still have some value because you have it in many different places but i don't understand the people who go all the way in on jewelry because there's, here's the thing with jewelry. Diamonds are not 100% as rare as they usually are. <laughs> At least from this... Okay, to be fair, I'm sourcing it off of a um, TV show. However, they listed their sources in the TV show. It's called Adam Ruins Everything. Um, so you can go and check on their sources. If they're wrong, then I guess... It's their own fault or whatever. But I've seen it in other places as well. That diamonds and other gems can have a markup of over like 200% of what it's actually worth. So that when you buy a diamond, 
then you're essentially paying for two times what that costs. And it's purely because people believe diamonds are rare. It is only because the industry who, well, the entire industry of jewelry has created an enigma around it where people believe that diamonds are rare, but they just have a monopoly over it. They have all the diamonds, so who's going to buy them? The public, because those people are the ones that have it. So it's it's kind of a demand and buy, or buy and demand, whatever. You get what I mean. But if people think that diamonds are super rare, they will buy it for a lot of money. So for the people who are investing in it, you are basically making nothing out of it. It won't be worth as much. You're, if you sell it to another person who knows about diamonds, they will not give you as much money as you would usually make. Or if you put it in something else, you wouldn't get as much money. So <laughs> the purpose in investing in diamonds is just stupid. And throwing millions of dollars out the window if the said person had millions of dollars. And I just honestly think it is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> well, it's not really an opinion. It's kind of true that, you know, diamonds aren't worth it so much. Anyway, hold on. I gotta double check the time to make sure I am. Okay, yes, we're about halfway through. Hello. Um, I haven't listened to the Jenna and Julian podcast as much as I used to. Um, I wonder how they're doing. I don't know. Sorry, that's just a little bit that popped, popped, popped into my brain. <laughs> uh, yeah, because whenever I have any thoughts on this, I try and speak it out loud. Mainly because, you know, it's a podcast. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, anywho. I wonder what everyone else is doing in quarantine right now. I mean, there are literally billions of people on this planet. And obviously not everyone is in quarantine because of third world countries and everything. But a good percentage of everyone is in quarantine. I, I wonder how much artistic, you know, stuff will come out of this era of, you know, quarantine. Because, you know, during all the dark ages and all that dramatic stuff that, um, you know, the Great Depression and everything, there are a lot of artistic um, creations then. And it was very revolutionary? Is that the word I should say? Um, I don't know if it was 100% revolutionary. It's just kind of, um, well, yeah, I'd say it was kind of revolutionary to the, um, not kind of revolutionary. It was revolutionary (laughs) to, you know, art and everything. Dear God, that took a bit to get out. I'm sorry. That took a bit. <laughs> um, anywho, yeah, so I wonder what everyone's going to be making during this time period. It's going to be very interesting to see. I wonder if there's going to be a ton of new poets and everything. That'll be really fun to see. Ugh. Time for the segment of the show where I make random noises. <laughs> because guess what? Guess what? I make a lot of noise. <laughs> See, I already make a lot of noises. It's because I have a lot of filler time. <laughs> Uh, 
uh, there we go. See, we got, we got all that out of the way because we have to, we have to get the weird noise section of the podcast out of the way. I mean, sometimes a podcast doesn't have a weird noise section, but it does. And now we're going to transform, transfer <laughs> over into goo. I know. Uh, well, it's more commonly referred to as slime. And it had a really large, um, what's the word? It really exploded in, what, 2018, 2019? Uh, 2018 or 2017. I don't know. Somewhere within the past three years. That slime just exploded and everyone wanted to make slime and everything was about slime. But the aggravating thing is slime's been around for a long time, or at least I'm pretty sure it has been. I just want to understand why it exploded. Why did this thing start from literally just a regular household experiment and turn into the aesthetic and pleasing, satisfying thing that it is today. Because a lot of people like watching slime on like Instagram or on YouTube, like watching those compilations. Obviously they're not as popular as they used to be because they used to be selling slime kits everywhere in the stores and obviously that's not happening now because it's quarantine. Um, but that used to be very popular, but it's dwindled down a little bit, but people still make a lot of views off of it. It's not just a one-time thing where people are like, Ooh, I like this kind of, so we're going to like it for like a year and then we're going to absolutely drop it like people did with Fortnite or whatever. Um, but so I'm just very curious about it because when I was smaller, I was about seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. It, no, 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 no. I was thinking about the time I gave slime to my friend. Um, I originally learned about slime when I was like six. Yeah. I was at my best friend's house. She still my best friend to this day. That's the one I usually refer to. But I was at her house, which, speaking of which, I have a story about bacon. I will, let me write that down so I don't forget. (laughs) But I was at her house, and we liked doing a lot of arts and crafts together. It was just one of the things we we really liked to do. And we've made a pinata together. We've done a lot together. And this one time, we were like, oh, let's make slime. And I was like, what's slime? I don't know what that is. What is that? And her mom, bless her heart, she's she's always been sweet. Um, she's taught me, a, or showed us a lot of things. She taught, she showed us, what recipe was it? Uh, she showed us this recipe that we still use. It's really good. And, um, well, she taught me and, well, my friend knew it already, but how to make slime and what the recipe was it for and everything. And she gave the recipe to my mom and everything, and that's still the recipe we use today. Obviously, it's not as good as other people's slime because, boy, oh boy, I've seen a lot of better slime than what I was able to make. The slime I was making was very, very low-tier slime. It's the type of slime that you buy at a store, except you get the off-brand type that no one wanted, and it was also having a clearance sale on it. So, (laughs) but it was homemade. It was made with love. (laughs) But, (laughs) so... She taught us how to make slime, and I remember I made slime at her house for the very first time, and we used to pull out our slime and make it really flat, and then we would put a little, um, we'd put a straw under the slime, and then we would hold it down with our hands, the, the flat slime, and then 
you would blow into it to where it would make a bubble and then it would pop if we were being really tight and we held it really hard. But if we didn't hold it hard enough, it would start sounding like farting noises. <laughs> and we had a lot of fun just making farting noises and making it blow up. It was it was really fun. It was very fun. <laughs> um, but I had to move whenever I was like seven or, yeah, seven or eight. Oh. And I was doing gymnastics in the new place. And one of my friends was having a birthday party at the gymnastics place. And I was invited, one of the very few parties I've been invited to. And when I got there, I, well, not when I got there, we, well, it was like two days before the party. And, you know, when you're little, you go out and go shopping with your parent. And you're like, oh, could we get her this present? Or could we get her this present? Because you didn't have to buy your friend's presents back then, which was a very convenient thing. Um, but so we didn't do that. <laughs> we totally forgot her birthday party was coming up. And it was when her mom texted my mom and was like, oh, we're looking forward to, see to seeing you at the birthday party. And she was like, oh, shoot. And then the one place she wanted something specific. I don't remember what it was. Well, she told me about it. She was like, oh, I really like this, but you don't have to get it for me because I think one of my other friends are going to get it for me. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to get that anyways. I'm not going to go out of my way. Well, obviously, I wasn't getting it. My mom would be getting it. <laughs> she would be the one paying for it. Um, but anyway, so I was like, what should I do for her then? Because back when I was little, I liked making a lot of homemade presents. Whereas one of my other friends, when I was little, she always spent her money on gifts for other people. And I was like, dang, I need to be as nice as she is. I need to be a lot nice. Well, I mean, I was a nice kid. It's just that one girl always saved her money so that she could give it as presents for other people. And in the back of my brain, I was like, but video games and college... Ah, I need to save. So I've always been the person who saves my money. So I was like, hey, mom, could we make, could we get the stuff to make a slime? And I think the ingredients we had were like borax, glue, and something else, water, food coloring, something else. There was another secret ingredient. I don't remember what it was. My mom still has a recipe. Um. But obviously you have to use borax or you have to use some other solution to make slime. Slime. Um, but anyway, so I made her, I think it was blue slime. It was either blue or pink slime. Because I don't remember if my friend's favorite color was blue or pink. But it was either or. I have a feeling it was blue. I had more of an inkling towards blue. And whenever I gave that to her at her birthday party, she was absolutely astounded. She was like, what is this? I don't know what this is. And then I was just the the baller at the, at the party because I was the one who brought slime. <laughs> and everyone was just having so much fun with it. And to be honest, I was like, oh my god, I'm popular, everyone. So then it lasted for five seconds. And then, you know, I was back being the... The outcast. I'm joking. I was with my friends. I just didn't talk as much as I did. Um, but <laughs> anyway, that was the fun part about having slime. And I've tried to replicate the slime recipe every now and then, but I always seem to do the steps wrong. And I'm just like, if only when I was little... I have cashed out by selling those little kid slimes. I could have made a, made myself a business. <laughs> Gosh darn it. I could have invested. <laughs> um, anyhow, I can go back to what I was wanting to talk about earlier with bacon. Because I actually wrote a note. That's the closest thing I'll get to making a script. Is writing a note. Because I know sometimes whenever I'm doing this. I forget to go back to what I was, what I said I was going to talk about. But this time, I'm actually going to do it. So, 
my best friend of all time, which I don't want to say her real name because I don't know if she wants me to use her real name. So I'm going to just call her Petunia. Yeah, I'm going to call her Petunia. So Petunia is my best friend. And I used to go to her house every single day after school whenever I was like six or seven. She's around two years older than me. Yeah, two years older than me. And I've known her for a long time now. Um, she's always been my best friend. Best. She's top tier. You know those tiers of, you know, people who have been doing those tiers and whatever. It's like top tier best friend. Yes, SS level. <laughs> um, however, you know, all my friends are great, but I've known her for the longest and she's always been a great support for me. Um, and just genuinely been a really great person. But anyway, so I would go home after school and then I'd do my homework and then I would go straight over to her house. I'd spend so many hours at her house. And I mean, she came to my house every now and then, but I liked her dogs more. I had a dog. Um, he's the one I've talked about before who passed away. But um, we every now and then we went to my house, but my dog was so small. I, I loved him. He was a little Yorkie Poo. But the thing is, <laughs> um, I really liked big dogs. And to be honest, I don't think I could own a big dog. I have a mini golden doodle because I don't think I couldn't handle a big golden doodle. Someone else I know has a big golden doodle, but I, I couldn't personally have one of those in my house. But whenever I went to her house, she always had these two doggos. They were my, one of my favorite doggos. They were both huskies. One of them was white. One of them was black and white. They were absolutely adorable. One of them passed away a while ago. And one of them is still going strong. Like, man. Or at least last, last time I know, she would have told me if he passed away. Because I remember when her white dog died. And I cried a lot. <laughs> and trust me, if this dog died, I'd cry a lot too. Or the other dog. She has two other dogs now. Um, one of them is a giant brown dog. I think he's a Malamute. I'm not sure. And then there's another husky and he's black and white as well. So they have two black and white huskies now and I believe a brown Malamute. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure on that one because I haven't seen him in a long time after our face recording, or face recordings, face blah, 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 video chats. <laughs> but my god yeah so I'd go over to her house and then I'd go and see her dogs and everything and I would be like yes 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 all the puppy kisses um <laughs> and then we would have an absolute ball doing whatever we wanted whenever we wanted as well um she's always been <sighs> I know my big my real biological sister will probably be mad at me for this but Petunia has always been kind of like my actual sister. I'm not saying that my big, my real big sister isn't my big sister, but Petunia has always been there for me and never was mean to me. And she's just always been a really great person. And even throughout high school, she never changed. She's always staying the good, pure person she is. Um... Whereas my sister, my re my biological one, she, uh, oof, hormones hit her hard. <laughs> uh, she always got so mad at me and she was like, get away, I don't want you in my room. <laughs> Whereas whenever I'd come over to her and spent literally hours at Petunia's house, she wouldn't care. She'd be like, heck yeah, let's go and play some video games, let's go and do this, let's go and do that. It was so fun. But, my God, can I get to the bacon? Um, but I was a really picky eater when I was little. I absolutely refused to eat anything other than peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and uh, I think that's about it. Corn dogs. Yeah, corn dogs too. Um, I was a very unhealthy child. And to be honest, I'm not 100% healthy now, but who cares? Um... Uh, I, I'm not near as picky as I I used to be. I used to be extremely picky. But my mom kept on telling me, she's like, just try some bacon. 
try it. Try begging. And she <laughs> she would repeat over and over. She'd be telling me, like, come on, it's just bacon. Everyone loves bacon. Why won't you just try it? And I would just, no, nope, I don't want it. And the weird thing behind it was, in my brain, I was like, you know, everyone knows me as the person who doesn't eat a lot of stuff. So why don't I just stay that way? I was always scared of people thinking that I was weird if I ate other foods. Like, I remember my mom had this blackened chicken recipe that everyone loved, and I refused to eat it too. I absolutely refused because I just felt like if I actually ate it, then they would win. And I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like that because they would be right and I would be wrong. And I'm a very stubborn person whenever it comes to when I believe in something. When I believe in something, I, boom, I absolutely believe in it. And I will try my hardest to figure out a way to make it work. However, sometimes I become blindsided by it and it starts being a little too much and sometimes it's actually really bad for me it doesn't ever affect other people it's just myself <laughs> um, but the thing is <laughs> um, I obviously I grew out of that over time because I just had to eat other food <laughs> it was ridiculous um, but I felt like if I was eating something else they were going to win, and I didn't like that because all my siblings were buttholes at the time. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, whenever I went to my friend Petunia's house, I, we just, we were really, we would have so much fun there. And I remember one time I slept over, um, I had my first sleepover with her, by the way, she was just... Uh, to be honest, I think I've had all of my first friend things with her. Like, the first that you have whenever you're, like, a little kid. Your first sleepover. The first time you stay up until the crack of dawn. <laughs> the first time you get in trouble for eating too many sweets at night with him. Uh, yeah, all that good stuff. The first time hoarding the sweets from the pantry because we wanted to bring them upstairs and act like Count Dracula while we ate taffy. I'm sorry, that's really weird. But it was a pleasant memory. But I remember one morning, um, her mom had made pancakes and bacon for us. I think she may have made eggs too, because I liked eggs. She hates eggs. <laughs> she hates them. Which, I mean, okay. <laughs> My, uh, my biological sister doesn't like eggs either, so, eh, one thing they have in common. Um, but, so, well, I mean, she doesn't, like, digest them, she just doesn't like them. But, whenever she was little, she digested them. Um, but, I, I didn't want to eat bacon. And then, my friend was like, but you need to eat bacon. <laughs> and I was like, why do I need to eat bacon? And she's like, because it just, it tastes so good. And it made me really happy if you ate and I've always cared about other people's happiness, and she was very important to me, so I was like, I'll, I'll eat some bacon. And that's where I had my first slice of bacon. I was like six years old, in her house, uh, morning, after our sleepover that we probably spent a lot of time <laughs> into the night staying up when we weren't supposed to. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's the first time I had bacon, and I've liked it ever since. I don't love it like everyone does. It's not like the best thing in the world. At times, I do get sick of the greasiness from it. I like my bacon not raw, but I like to see the fat on it. I don't like burnt bacon. That's just eating charcoal. I don't like that. That's nasty. Nasty to me. But I like mine to have a little fat on it, but if I eat too much bacon, then it won't. I don't usually eat too much bacon. I usually don't eat more than three slices, really. I don't, I don't really eat more than that because I just kind of get sick of it after that, but it's good in moderation. I do like bacon in moderation because it's just so much grease. 
when I was little, I absolutely engulfed them because I didn't care about grease. However, I have skin. <laughs> I can't just go munch, 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 munch on everything greasy. And to be honest, I'm not a fan of everything greasy now because, you know, your taste buds change over time. But I still like the flavor. Anywho. <laughs> so that got off topic from socks. However, that's just how things go. All right. All right. In the title, it's going to say socks and, you know, slime. And I could put in childhood stories, but I already did that before. So I'm just going to put socks and slime, <laughs> I think. Yeah, socks and slime. The two main S's you need in the world. You need slime and socks. Forget about snacks, because guess what? You're already the snack. You don't got to worry about that. You just need to worry about the socks and slime. Anyway, my mouth has started to get dry, and I don't have water, which, that's never a smart idea. People who, who do podcasts need water. Um, anyway, I'm going to go get myself some water. I hope you enjoyed your free time with me, because I definitely enjoyed my free time with you. And, yeah, I, I really hope you did, because that's an hour you're never going to get back in your life. Never, ever. And it's never going to be an hour I get back in my life. So... We might as well have had fun while it last, lasted. <laughs> but, um, you have a good time. It's a good day. Bye-bye.